We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Tuesday Rotowire NFL podcast uh, brought to you, of course, by our sponsors at No House Advantage. Uh, we're going to get you set for the Week 18 waiver wear, um, discuss some of the ramifications of what occurred Monday night. Uh, all of it kind of feels uh, a little bit pedantic. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I, it doesn't it doesn't really feel important in in this moment and this time. Um, but we'll go through as best we can and uh, talk about any of the waiver wire additions. We can at least do a victory lap and a few of our over unders uh, make this a somewhat happy show. Mm-hmm. Obviously, our our thoughts and prayers are with Demar Hamlin and uh, really the Bills and Bengals. And I, I want to take this time as well too to, to talk about real quickly what I thought the ESPN broadcast did a pretty good job of handling yeah. a difficult situation. And anybody, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Nick and Jeff were live on SiriusXM as well yeah. while that was happening too. There was uh, difficult moments for a lot of people, um, and I was surprised. Uh, with how everything was handled better than I would have anticipated exactly. in a very tough time. Yeah, we, we wish the guy the best, and uh, you know, hope he pulls through with full function and everything. And uh, and yeah, we're just we're not going to dwell on it too much because there's no way we can do any you know do anything better or say anything that wasn't said uh, you know by the great broadcast team on uh, on, on uh, Monday night. So yeah, I guess we'll just uh, you know it feels weird talking about you know the rest of the league from a fantasy standpoint, especially heading into Week 18. But we're going to give it a shot and. Uh, Hopefully get some useful intel out there if you're still playing for anything. All right, let's come in. Let's go ahead and hit it. Again, welcome to the Wednesday, January 4th edition of the RotoWare Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by No House Advantage. I'm Joe Barlow. You can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports. Alongside me, as always, for the final week here, uh, Jake Wittarski. You can follow him at Roto Jake. We'll help you get through the uh, possible Week 18 playoffs for for some people. Again, we've been saying it all year, if you're in any league where the playoffs are occurring in Week 18, just leave it next year because it's not worth it. Uh, thankfully, well, I guess there's only two teams that are, yeah. are possibly really benching their guys, and we'll go over well, uh, what to do in those situations. Yeah, well, the thing is, is uh, you know, because of – some scheduling uncertainty you know there are a lot of things that commissioners are dealing are doing to deal with that and one of them might be just combine week 17 and 18 you know that's an option that i've seen out on the table there so uh you know maybe there might be more people interested in week 18 than normal we still play for uh stake league points Mm -hmm. in week 18 and there's also uh yeah me or dj you know we do our super bowl with the madison side and the la side so we're playing week 18 so i'm still running through and making pickups making sure my roster is the best it can be and uh so hopefully we got some guys for you uh we can get into the waiver wire edition of this programming before so or before we do so let's get away from our sponsors no house advantage no house advantage has changed the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today Play them and pick them contests versus other people for a shot at winning big cash prizes. You can download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and then climb the leaderboard for a shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars every week. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20x your entry if you hit all of your picks. Bet on up to five player props, over-unders, or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, NASCAR, SAMP, with promo code NHAWIRE. That's N-H-A-W-I-R-E at No House Vantage, or download the app on the App Store to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Vantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined, because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. 
Jake, I'm not sure it it really uh, bears really repeating the mm-hmm. Monday night game. Other than I, I, I understand there's complications from a fancy perspective. Yeah. Maybe we'll hit some of that at the end. You know, it feels weird talking about that in I that was context. Say, I I I, um, mm-hmm. I I think I struggled a lot yesterday and and certainly yeah. Monday thinking. You know, my job is top of fantasy sports. Uh, yep. I, I do the radio on Friday. We do the podcast on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all just felt so secondary yeah, to exactly. even talk about anything like that. So, yeah. I mean, my whole thing, you know, just being in this industry and doing this job is normally to treat these guys like stocks, you know, who's falling, rising, that kind of thing. And think of it that way. But this actually really brings the human element into it and punches you right in the face with that. And uh, yeah, we hope he pulls through and uh I guess we'll just talk about some pickups then. Yeah, that's right. Again, so two teams uh, likely not playing. I don't think there's been an official confirmation yeah. that the Buccaneers and Giants are going to rest their starters. But from a playoff mm-hmm. perspective, neither the five seed of the Giants or what is guaranteed to be the four seed for the Buccaneers have any incentive mm-hmm. to play their guys. Now, yeah. I did I did actually see in ESPN that the Buccaneers are planning to play Tom Brady and their starters. Interesting. But the question is how long and i think exactly. it's a fair assumption to say that will not happen for mm-hmm. the entire game and you're going to run into that on the other side uh yeah. you know a little bit too here because you know we have uh like i mean we'll get into the qb streamers and two qb situations which are infinite and and counting still before we get to this week uh tipping off here but um or kicking off i should say but like carson wentz is is inactive for example taylor heine he's going to get the job but even even it's not guaranteed that he plays the whole game uh, too. Sam so you, Howell, fifth round pick this year, uh, could exactly. get and should get playing time. Yeah, so you're seeing this uh, on both ends. I mean, who knows what the Cardinals are going to end up doing if they confirm that yet? So, a lot of open situations here. Yeah, it, it is. Um, I think it's tricky. Let, let's let's start. Let's start with a more defined situation, which actually occurred last week when we were basically off air on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Was the switch from Derek Carr, quarterback for the Raiders, to? Jared Stidham, a former Patriots guy, a yeah. Josh McDaniels guy, who absolutely lit up the 49ers. I was at the Packers game mm-hmm. uh, this past week against the Vikings, so I was only able to watch those uh, late broadcasts on the two clips that they show yeah. every 35 minutes on there. And I was like, wait, the Raiders are still tied with the 49ers? What's happening? Mm-hmm. And, and as somebody who's rooting to face the Vikings again uh, in the first round of the playoffs, the 49ers would have had yeah. to lose for that to occur. And I'm like, oh, yeah. let's make this yeah, work. I mean, and didn't quite exactly. happen, but Jared didn't play well. Yeah, you, I mean, you see that and you think, oh, man, there must have been some fluky returns or defensive touchdowns or something, or maybe the Purdy magic fell. Purdy magic didn't fall off necessarily. He's still been, weirdly enough, as consistent as they come here in the fantasy playoffs. But um, uh, Jared Stinna, yeah, yeah, surprised the heck out of me. He comes out of nowhere. He, he puts over 30 fantasy points, 33.7, I think, You know, depending on quarterback scoring. It varies a little bit. Um, on the 49ers, and the only other person to do that on the 49ers, I think, is Patrick Mahomes this year. So might as well throw the comps out there already here. Um, and speaking of, uh, they do get Kansas City this week, who is 30th against opposing quarterbacks. Now, again, there's a word of caution here because suddenly Jared Stidham has some kind of elbow issue that he's dealing with here, and and we don't know quite yet. He was um, he was listed as limited on uh, Tuesday's estimated injury report. We'll find out later today how Wednesday looks here. And, I mean, they did Derek Carr pretty dirty. I don't even think he's going to show up at the stadium here, so it's not like it's an he option to go week. back. To, yeah, he didn't last week. It's not like it's an option to just, oh, sorry, go back to Carr, especially mm-hmm. in a meaningless games. By the way, how do you think Devontae Adams feels forcing his way out to go to well, to, to go played, to Las Vegas so he could play with Carr? He and, played and, pretty darn well with Stidham last week with mm-hmm. two touchdowns over 100 yards. Yeah. I did. There was a um, I was listening to James Jones, former Packers receiver, also former yeah. Raiders receiver, who lives in the Vegas area. He does the uh, pregame show for the Packers. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize he actually does it in in Vegas's uh, stadium and like media complex. So oh. it was weird to hear James Jones talk about like. Well, here, I'm in the Raiders complex right now, and I can tell you for certain that Devontae Adams is fine and happy with mm-hmm. this decision. I, I believe that's the case because, yes, he did want to go back with his college teammate, but also yeah. uh, his family is near that Vegas area. James so. Jones, the definition of like positive touchdown regression. I'm, I, I remember him for that, and I remember him for the hoodie in, in the cold yes. weather. Though one of the few receivers to wear that. So shout out to that man, former Packer Greg here. But, yeah, so it's Stidham if he can play. Otherwise, we're looking at Chase Garbers. For the Raiders, I mean, I think Stidham, after what we saw last week, you have to consider him a decent streamer. But I also worry to some extent that, um, you know, that there's some film out there. Yep. But, I mean, how do you study him chucking the ball up to Devontae Adams and Devontae Adams just making an outstanding wide receiver play? You know, when you have a guy like that, you know, like Adams or, you know, like DeAndre Hopkins did for a number of years, you can make bad quarterbacks look good. Yeah, no, absolutely. And this game is played Saturday night. I don't know if that matters necessarily from – 
when you're setting your lineups. But, you know, maybe if you know, hey, we're going to have a tough week 18, it starts early on with the Stidham matchup against the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's talk about Josh Dobbs, who is officially the starting quarterback for the Titans in another Saturday night game as well, too. I think that's Saturday. They they should have made it Saturday if they didn't already. Uh, Taking over Tannehill's place in the injured reserve, I have been uh, upset about how the Titans have used Malik Willis now for a number of weeks. It seems they've given up on that third-round pick already and turned to Josh Dobbs, who, to be fair, looked pretty darn good against the Cowboys last Thursday night, at least relatively to what I was expecting. Uh, This is a Mm -hmm. win-and-you're-in matchup for the Titans and Jaguars. It had been since last week as well, too, which is why the Titans did not start Derrick Henry and many others. I think they ended up being... 12 plus 12 plus people ruled out for that game. Yeah. I, I think uh, Mike Vrabel is a really, really good coach and I'm not convinced the Jaguars uh, have the young talent necessary for this matchup, but it is advantage Jaguars in just about every facet. Oh even, yeah. Even yeah. with uh, more of these presumed guys that were out last week mm-hmm. available to play for the Titans. Yeah. I wouldn't say they've given up on Malik Willis. I just feel like they feel and probably rightfully that Josh Dobbs, you know, a five-year vet over a rookie that has struggled. Jobs probably gives them a better chance to win here. And, uh, I mean, it is a good matchup against the Jags. They're 27th against opposing quarterbacks, so, you know, nothing to write home about. They've given up – they've been in some shootouts, you know, because they can score enough on offense. And, you know, the defense has, uh, you know, not been able to shut it down. So, uh, I mean, there is an advantage of Dobbs in that sense. And uh, also the fact that, I mean, you know they're playing and that they have something to play for and that they're going to give it for the entirety of the game here. And you, you can't discount that uh, given here week 18 in fantasy. And um, I mean, he's also got trailing Burks back and Burks was looking pretty good. You know, even Robert Woods showed some signs of life last week. So Dobbs is OK. I guess I'm a little worried that there's, you know, more film out him out, out on him in this in this system here. But, uh, you know, he's in the conversation here you know with Stidham uh you know depending on Stidham's health but uh if you're looking to stream two quarterback leagues in week 18 uh if for example one of your starters is sitting out you know these are guys that you're these are names you're gonna have Daniel to look Jones at. carry people if they if you start him in week mm-hmm. 17 with those four touchdowns and uh I think you could say the same for Tom Brady and what he did with Mike Evans for the first time exactly all season long uh then there's the Dolphin situation with Tua having suffered the concussion second half against the Packers um Teddy Bridgewater starts and once again gets injured during that contest, broke his, uh, dislocated his pinky finger, I think on his mm-hmm. throwing hand too, which would tell me that he is not going to play. Skylar Thompson yeah, is your presumed third string quarterback for the Dolphins. They did sign Mike Lennon to the practice squad as well. I think that was yep. Tuesday. I mean, even if it's Skylar Thompson or Mike Lennon, this would be the level of I'm diving too deep into the streaming <laughs> two QB categories. But mm-hmm. man, I mean, they, they have weapons at Tyree Kill yep. and uh, Jalen Waddell. That's exactly the point I was going to make. They have weapons here, but uh, I I don't think I'm touching this. And I, I think they're are they out of playoff contention or? Yep, they yeah, lost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, they're out of contention. You know who knows where? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Tyreek and Waddle maybe could play for records or contract incentives. That's another thing that uh, you know I should have researched but didn't. Like what any incentives worth it on the True, line for fantasy? The contract ones. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's uh, some talented writers out there who have already written that column. So definitely check it out here. If not, maybe I got to talk to Thorne. But anyway, uh, yeah, side note there. So, yeah, not not super interested in that. Just the same way I'm not crazy interested in, like, the Cardinals quarterback situation here because, you know, whether it's – I mean, we don't know if DeAndre Hopkins is going to play. That hurt a lot of people yep. that were unable to play him because he was, you know, such a must-play that carried fantasy managers for the entirety of the season. So now, you know, you look at the Cardinals. Is Colt McCoy is questionable, so I guess he's the guy. David Blowy, Trace McSorley. I mean, those are the kind of options you're looking at um, with possibly without, you know, DeAndre Hopkins here. So then, you know, they're playing San Francisco too. So there's there's just, uh, I mean, yeah, once you get past that Stidham, Dobbs line, you know, Miami's out. Cardinals options are out for me. Commander's options are out for me, I think. You know, I we had mentioned that, alluded to that at the beginning of the show where it's, yeah, Heineke maybe, but not the whole game. Don't even touch that situation because Heineke was a fringe 15-point option, 15, 20-point option anyway. Um, and then, you know, the other guy I put on this list, maybe Tyrod Taylor because, you know, we know him. He's established. He's Daniel Jones' backup. Mm. Um, Philly has everything to play for. Right. The Giants have nothing to play for, so... You know, who knows? You'll have to watch out for something like that. So, uh, you know, those are your two. Those are the two quarterback situations. I think I got them all, but I'm sure more are going to emerge, going to emerge here as the week carries on. And any of those that do will likely be as irrelevant as a lot of the guys that we mentioned here. Right? Yep. It's just uh, it's the nature of week 18 in an NFL season where there's more or less most of the spots and seating already claimed and set for. Yeah. If you were to stream quarterbacks, though, I think this is a bit more enticing. Now, I used Mike White this past week. 
to very, very little success. Mm -hmm. uh, somehow ended up winning that matchup. So shout out to Mike White for doing nothing. There is the Brock Purdy factor at 45% rostered against mm -hmm. the Cardinals over Mike White against the Dolphins, who, like you mentioned, have nothing to play for from a playoff perspective. Already secondary was depleted. I, I think I would go Purdy almost unilaterally, but it is a possibility mm -hmm. that you have to decide between one of those two options. Yeah, yeah, Purdy's out there. I mean, uh, I mean, like I said, Purdy is 20 fantasy points in, what, four or five consecutive weeks mm -hmm. now? He's just been on fire, so you have to – yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been just just excellent overall. I mean, you know, not Patrick Mahomes level, but as far as someone that you had to pick up for nothing in an emergency and starting the fantasy playoffs, he's been you know outstanding. So he's an option there. Um, <laughs> you'll laugh at me, but I think you have to look at Russell Wilson again. You know, he's forty nine percent owned, so he meets our threshold. The post Hackett effects seem to be real. Um, you know, they're uh, he's he had some success you know, in that offense here. And, you know, maybe they're starting to get it together finally and, uh, you know, get Albert O involved. It only took some injuries to the end of the year. And, um, and, and I guess he's on the radar. I mean, obviously they don't have anything to play for. He's probably playing for his dignity at this point. And, uh, you know, at 49%, he finally uh, got over the bathroom, bathroom to touch. Yeah. The bathroom to touchdown, man. That's a, what a funny thing that that was just the thing that was most <laughs> talked about here. And, and, Oh, Hey, by the way, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy are both healthy. Yeah. Right. So, you know, you could do worse. I mean, if it comes down to Russell Wilson or Jared Stidham, who are you actually going to put in the game? You, you know, that, that's a that's a realistic decision that managers are going to have to make. I, I was actually uh, perversely curious because I had to play Jerry Judy in a few matchups in week 15 when it mattered. I guess week 16. Uh, Judy is only like 180 yards away from a thousand yard season, his first of his career. And Sutton, despite missing as many games as he did, was also kind of in that same vein where <laughs> at 796, let's just say Russell Wilson has a monster game and you talk about the contract incentives. There's Cortland Sutton and Russell Wilson, uh, Russell Wilson, uh, and Jared Judy sitting on uh, possibly major games. Mike Evans was in the same boat last week as well, too. And I thought, hmm, it's kind of weird that we're reporting that uh, he has a chance to get his 11th or 10th consecutive 1,000-yard season in a game where he's not projected to do all the well and then, of course, blows up for the three touchdowns, 200 yards mm -hmm. like he did. I just, mm -hmm. well, you know, I, I like the idea. Be mindful of some of these fluky yeah. things that maybe could be incentivizing some players. Well, so, okay, so this is a good segue for me to talk about another thing here because, you know, commissioners have it so rough this week deciding what they're going to do with stats from the temporary game here. And you have the Mike Evans side of the spectrum where the guy who's – only got a 5% chance to win that could maybe happen to him. And then suddenly, you know, they're ahead. And then you have the Justin Jefferson side of the spectrum where, you know, someone's got a 90 something percent chance to win or, you know, a high percent chance. They assume you get that many points. So that's why these things are getting complicated here, you know, with both sides of the spectrum there. So, you know, I don't envy commissioners uh, this week necessarily. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we'll go into play out some scenarios at the end there, but uh but, but, yeah, you know, the, the Evans and Jefferson things are why this is an issue for a lot of leagues in the first place. Yeah. Um, do you want to discuss the awards at the awards for waiver wire pickups at the end or kind of do it throughout the positional groups? What do you, what do you why, think? Why don't, we why don't we just take five at the end to do yeah, awards? I, let's I, let's, I let's like stay that. on track. Week 18 pickups, awards, um, you know, over-unders maybe, yes. and then maybe some commission scenarios. So Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. So let's take a break then. Uh, for our sponsors at Blue Wire, of course, video audience, you've been doing this all year long. Continue to do a great job. Audio audience will be right back after the break here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so last week we had mentioned running backs pick the Zach Moss, Tyler Algier. Once again, that's going to be, I can guarantee, a little bit foreshadowing a guy that we've discussed at the end of the show. If for no other reason than to dunk on Jake, because I loved Tyler Algier when he first became prominent, then there's Kenny Gamewell, and not so much. James Cook, mm-hmm. I, you know, we'll figure out what happens there. And then um, as well as the Haskins part, at the very end with what we had not assumed yet was going to be Derrick Henry playing or not mm-hmm. playing Thursday, of course, that came to fruition. So this week, uh, from a running back perspective, very, very limited, and it depends on a lot on what teams choose to do and do not do. So Alexander Madison, I think, is a relevant conversation point at 30% yes. rostered right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the Vikings choose to operate. They are technically – uh, fighting still for the number two seed with the 49ers and um, the Cowboys as well, too, potentially, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, how the Eagles factor into things. Okay. No, it's not that. I so, think. all right. So yeah. here's the thing with Madison that isn't really being discussed that I don't, and, you know, I don't know if you caught this while you were at the game, but when I was watching the game, um, there was a point in, it was either late in the first or early in the second half where he, he kind of dropped a pass and then he fell awkwardly on the ground and he came – it was either like a rib or a hand thing, and then he came up and he immediately checked himself out of the I game. I see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and thought it was like a my bad thing, but it, it then he didn't play again. He, no, I, I, for whatever uh, – I interpreted his gesture as a – like, I'm out because he w- walked right to the sidelines after that, so maybe that was it. And then he really didn't really play after that. I mean, maybe he saw a couple of snaps, and but, like, we don't have an injury tag on him because nothing's being out there. And so, you know – that situation mixed with, um, you know, the stat lines from the game have nothing to do with it because it's all game flow. It was all, you know, Madison at the end of the game when it was basically meaningless here. But, you know, we'll see what Vikings do, you know, with their starters and what the scenario, how the scenarios play out over the course of the game here. But I'd, I'd look at that injury report because uh, I, I just I, th- I could have sworn we were going to tag or, or cook was going to leave that game with an injury right. tag and he, or he was going to pop up on the injury report this week. And that just, it didn't happen. So, um, very strange situation, but anyway, Alexander Madison at 30%, uh, obviously people were dropping their handcuff running backs, uh, you know, as, as we move into the playoffs here, because that becomes less useful. He's a guy that can be had for cheap. And, uh, you know, as, in terms of, you know, skill level out of all these running backs, we're going to talk about there. I've always thought he's right up there at the top. I'll circle back to a few of these that are, are certainly interesting, but there is Zach Moss that still falls under the 50% uh, mm-hmm. rostered threshold, was once again a factor for the Colts despite what was a very clearly blowout situation. And and I don't know if we've ever seen a team clearly not play for a coach more uh, than what the Colts are currently doing for Jeff Saturday or lack thereof. Uh, and yeah. once again, a blowout loss to the Giants. I, you know, I kind of would like to see Deion Jackson get more involved, especially – that there is literally no shot for the Colts to do anything, but they could yeah. have just said, "Hey, Zach Moss was an addition mm-hmm. in this Heem Hines thing." We know who well, Deion Jackson, Jackson is. We don't know who Zach Moss is. Yeah, Deion and Saturday apparently got some beef to squash. You know, if you look at any mm-hmm. of the rumors here, so you know that, that seems to be it. Because even Jordan Wilkins went out there, had six carries, which is more than Jackson's three carries, and Jordan Wilkins had the highest target share among the whole running back group. So, twenty four point one percent of snaps for for Wilkins, eleven point one percent for for Jackson. I you're playing with fire here with this scenario, but um, I think you can flex Zach Moss and safely expect like eight fantasy points and half PPR. And there's, there's value in that. I agree. No, I, I absolutely agree. Especially in week 18 with what I would imagine is during the show on Wednesday, mm-hmm. things are going to get uh, even more tumultuous from what you're playing. Exactly. Friday, Saturday morning, whatever else. So there was also Jalen Warren who actually looked pretty darn good in that mm-hmm. surprise win for the Steelers. Najee Harris, of course had a season best performance as well too. Um, I, I think Jalen Warren is a player, and if I'm looking at dynasty perspectives next year, I would be willing to go in a little bit from an asset perspective, and I think Jalen Warren fits that category. 
But Najee Harris still was a factor too, and appears to not be healthy. You know, after mm-hmm. what was uh, weeks and weeks of sabotaging fantasy teams, has finally got it going. When it doesn't matter for most people who yeah. lost Najee Harris. Exactly. Well, the moral of the story here is that Pittsburgh definitely has something to play for. Their their playoff hopes mm-hmm. are ever so slightly alive. So uh, you know, you have that. And uh, the other aspect here is uh, you know they don't trust Kenny Pickett to throw apparently. Uh, so you know that that's something uh, you know worth noting. And also like. Uh, it was, you know, Jalen Warren all season long. He was at a 28.7% snap share and he was up to a 40% snap share and, uh, you know, compared to 64.3 for Harris. So that means, you know, you do the math there. They were both on the field, you know, in some formation. So that's encouraging uh, for Warren's uh, potential production here and 12 carries for 76 yards. I mean, that's not, that's nothing to, uh, you know, um, you know, to ignore there. So, uh, you know, they're facing the Browns in, in week 18. They're 26 against opposing backs and half PPR. Uh, you know, you think that matchup is better with the defensive line that they have, but uh, the defensive line seems to be a little bit better at, uh, you know, pass rush or more name heavy than right. collectively uh, functional as a unit. Uh, so, yeah, all in all, Warren is, you know, re- obviously this isn't a Harris injured or Harris, you know, doubting segment here. This is just Warren. They can both be good in a, a Aaron Jones, uh, A.J. Dillon. Not that they're the I, same I type think, of backs, but teams can have two viable fantasy guys, and, and this is one of those say, cases. Now more than ever in the year 2022, I think having two running backs that do low-end running back one, uh, high-end running back two production mm-hmm. is a feasible thing, and especially for an offense like you mentioned that is uh, not very comfortable letting Kenny Pickett just throw it out there will, of course, be relying on two guys mm-hmm. like Jalen Moore, who's been successful, and Najee Harris over mm-hmm. the past month as well, too. Uh, I guess yeah. let's circle real quick to Chase Edmonds. I had missed this as well as somebody that, again, was at the game on Sunday and look, not looking at these late afternoon contests. So Latavius Murray, not as much of a factor in this new post-Nathaniel Hackett offense is what we have been seeing. Edmonds got three catches, 39 yards, also carried yep. the ball for 34 yards on seven touches. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. know, I had liked Chase Edmonds when the trade occurred. That looked uh, hopelessly wrong immediately after the deal had taken place. Mm-hmm. But hey, now we can have week 18 as my celebration yeah. for Chase Edmonds. So what's at the table for this is uh, Marlon Mack, who was, you know, kind of sneakily cutting into this snap share. He left uh, with a hamstring injury after mm-hmm. one snap on special teams. So then he was out of the mix. So then it was Latavius Murdy at 60% of snaps. Edmonds to get 58.6% of snaps. Um, and, uh, you know... Four catches for Murray for 16 yards, three for 39 for Edmonds. Here's the thing is, the thing that I think Kevin Payne made a great point in his waiver wire column here. Latavius Murray is not the running back of the future. <laughs> you know what I no, mean? He, no. he's, he's been around the block a ton of times, and he was essentially a stopgap for them after they decided to finally part ways with Melvin Gordon and um, and Javante Williams, you know, suffered his injury. So, you know, Murray's a guy you sign you know, mid-season when you're kind of desperate, you know, he's not like the long-term answer there. And and he, to his credit, he played well this season, you know, given the circumstances there, uh, was useful for fantasy managers and, you know, got a couple of touchdowns there, a couple of decent weeks. But if they're going to look any look at anybody and want to take a good long look at any of these options on the roster, it's going to be Chase Edmonds. And, you know, he was only, only had one snap less than Murray. I think that this, uh, I could see that switching. Uh, I could see that script getting flipped this week, at least, and, uh, and Edmonds being out there more. And, uh, and oh, hey, guess what? They're playing the Chargers this week, who are 27th against opposing running backs. So, uh, gotten better. So, I, I will point out that yes, uh, they were yeah, like both thir- are coming 31st back and 30th, and now have improved against teams that have been run heavy in the case of like the Rams, for example, the Cam Makers still mm-hmm. had a day. No, I agree with you on the Chase Edmonds call. And the Chargers are playing yep. for something they, they, they intend to mm-hmm. try to win that yeah. five seed. And I didn't write it down, but he's only 21% rostered. So, Chase Edmonds is pretty readily available here. I'm actually surprised it's, I'm, it's still 21%. Yeah, I'm actually talking yeah especially with uh you know i know a lot of waivers process tuesday nights at least that's the default in yahoo and that's the percent that i'm using here so mm-hmm. waivers processed in yahoo leagues and uh, he's still 21 percent uh rostered now granted you know all but two managers are still duking it out oh i mean if you have something to play for in week 18 yeah, it could be more. Stuff, but but in any case uh I might have talked Edmonds into being the top running back pick. I might have talked myself into that. Interesting. Uh, Because Madison, I'm relying on a lot of speculation. Moss, I'm relying on the Colts. Warren's still RB2. Um, But Edmonds is interesting. There is the uh, teams that aren't playing category and i think that's kind of the giants as well as more or less the cardinals so let's let's talk about james connor first he yeah. had a shin injury cardinals are out of the playoffs mm-hmm. i think if you are viewing this correctly as the cardinals you say no we've seen enough for james connor let's go ahead and check out what else we have on our roster Corey clement got seven carries in sunday's loss i guess i'm surprised by that perhaps more surprising to me is that their rookie i think fifth or sixth round pick Keontae ingram didn't get any opportunities offensively if you are the cardinals 
I would imagine you want Keontae Ingram to get plenty involved in this week's plan of attack against the 49ers. We'll have mm-hmm. to see, though, uh, if that is the case. Like, if Corey Clement is opt is the start over uh, Keontae Ingram, yeah. much in the same way I think the Titans have given up. I know you're saying not the mm-hmm. case, but I think the Titans have given up on Malik Willis. That would be a waving the white flag on Keontae Ingram, who was a, a, a more or less valuable pick for them this past draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a, another very interesting situation here. And yes, all logic would dictate that they'd work out the rookie Keontae Ingram, get as much as they can, as much tape out there, audition him for elsewhere, or at the very least, see what they have. Um, but again, we're assuming, it's a pretty strong assumption here, that Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals organization knows what they're doing. And that might be a little bit of a leap. <laughs> That's true. That, that might be a little <laughs> bit of a leap here. So um, but, but so for now, all I can do is look at the data. And the data says that Keontae Ingram played one snap last week. Yep. And it's not like they were any more likely to make the playoffs last week than they were this week. Yeah. So, um, you know, with James Conner banged up, you know, he, he took up 41 snaps. And, uh, you know, Clement had 32 and Ingram had one. So, you know, 41 snaps to split between those guys. Even if it's a 50-50 split, I... I don't know. Corey Clement, former Badger, I think he would be the goal line back. You know, logic would dictate that, I, I believe. Um, you know, he's built for it more, I, I presume. Um, but both these guys you can get for nothing, too, by the way, even if you're in a 14-team, you know, mm-hmm. deep league. Corey Clement, like if uh, our deep dynasty league, I'm sure he's out there, oh, yeah. you know, if, if anyone needed to start this week. So, uh, yeah, those guys are those guys are in play. Um, obviously, they play the 49ers, and that's pretty discouraging there, too. But, uh, you know, for now, I just have to go with the facts. And unless something else gets announced, I think I, I lean Clement if I'm picking between the two. We had talked to the Buccaneers uh, as a team that would be possibly benching their stars. Again, I know that they mentioned they'll play Tom Brady whenever else to start the game. We'll see if that actually uh, happens when they're locked already in the four seed. The same goes for the Giants, who are more or less in their respective playoff spots. So what do you do with Saquon Barkley, who's been injured at times throughout the season, I think has carried the offense relatively well, mm-hmm. except for last week when Daniel Jones went off. There's Matt Breida and Gary Brightwell, who have at times split the rushing workload in Saquon Bar- Barkley's absence. I think Matt Breida obviously is your uh change of mm-hmm. pace breakout long run type of guy and Gary Brightwell is the one that gets between the tackle carries and it's possible both end up getting a workload if Saquon Barkley does not play mm-hmm. week 18 against the Eagles Eagles run defense has gotten better obviously with all the additions they've made earlier in the season with that uh man that was already a problem and made it even worse uh and others right but it's still a run defense I think is vulnerable Jordan Davis coming back has made things a little bit better you talk about all these other running back options. Does a Matt Breida or Gary Brightwell make sense to you, mm-hmm. Jake, and someone who has is playing in Week 18 stakes? Yeah, so um, I think if you are currently rostering Saquon and you have any stakes to play for this week, it's not a bad idea to go ahead and grab Matt Breida. Uh, I know we think of him as more of a change of pace, but he was on the field for 12 snaps and he carried the ball nine times. So that's a pretty it's a pretty nice uh, right. percentage there. He's used when he's out there. And um, I, I just I think Breida would be the guy over Brightwell. Yeah, Brightwell could get some more volume here, but I don't know what exactly uh, we'll do with this. Um, uh, you know, Jerry put in his backfield breakdown article um, a tweet from uh, I'm not sure who this guy is, Dan Duggan, but um, he notes that it doesn't appear that Vegas expects Brian Dable to play his starters next week because the Eagles open as 13 point favorites. So that's another ind- indicator that you can use. Um, you know, all things equal, I don't think the Eagles would necessarily be double-digit favorites against a division rival like the Giants that have been playing well. So, um, you know, maybe that's an indication that the Giants might not play everybody. And uh, if you're Saquon, if, you, if you're a Saquon owner, you grab Brita and you'll just stay on the lookout for news as much as you can. Ah, I think that's the right call. I, I've had Brita rostered in a few of those instances earlier this season where we're saying, hey, what's the most valuable roster spot? A guy that can maybe jump in an immediate starter. Brita makes sense. Let's jump over to the wide receivers. Last week, we talked about Jahan Dotson quite a bit. Of course, I played him in a few leagues that mattered and got uh, Carson Wentz because that was awful. Isaiah Hodgins, though, different story altogether, four catches. Uh, for 41 yards touchdown, I think we'd also mentioned Richie James in that same category, and I had dismissed it. Sorry, everyone who uh, wanted to use Richie James. I did not realize the Colts would just give up to that extent, but they <laughs> did. Uh, and then there's Greg Dorch, who I think had a bit more value with DeAndre Hopkins out, but to the extent well, in which he wanted to use him was In theory, yes. yes. In, in, right. real, in real life and practice, he uh, it, it seemed like they figured him out. You know, yes. the, the film was out there. Shocker when you're yeah. uh, down to the quarterback levels and offense the mm-hmm. Cardinals are. So there's Traylon Burks. You know, we forget about yeah. now. We're doing the show on Wednesday. 
Wednesday. Mm -hmm. uh, this game played Thursday with Dobbs. He had eight targets, though. Robert Woods caught the touchdown as well, too. Um, not that the Titans offense is one I necessarily really want to invest in week 18, but if there's anyone to say, we will put out all the stops, it's the Titans who are a win and in mm -hmm. scenario against the Jaguars this week for the AFC South division. Yeah, I'm pretty confident I'm going to be starting Burks in uh, okay. Stake League all right. because, um, you know, yeah, Jen said, if you're listening out there, bring it on. Um, <laughs> because well, one one of the things is, is I know he's out there, you know, with something to play for. You know, he's got he's got plenty to prove here still in his rookie season. He seemed to have some chemistry with Dobbs, like you said, eight targets, even though Woods got uh, at nine. Um, for the last two weeks, 81% and 72% snap share for Burke. So he's wide receiver too there, you know, second on the team in, or at least in the position group, both weeks, uh, they're at Jacksonville on Saturday night. So you go ahead and you get one of your starters, uh, out of the way here because, uh, you know, they're playing to win and you know, you're going to get a full, uh, snap share and decent amount of targets from him. I like Traylon Burks. He's dangerous with the ball in his hands. You know, I, I joke about the eye test a lot, but to me, he passes the eye test. You know, he looks good when he's out there. Um, I'll, I'll interrupt our wide receiver talk to just discuss breaking news for a second with Justin Fields, who uh, had a sore hip following last week's game against the Lions and will not play this Sunday. Uh, for the Bears in oh. a, an extreme tankathon. <laughs> did for you the see? Bears. Did you see who's in? Nathan Peterman. Uh, <laughs> Nathan Peterman. I can I can safely say that uh, if we had this information at the beginning of the broadcast, we would spend as equal amount of time right now discussing it as we would have then, because Here I, I do not care about playing Nathan Peterman yep. in Week 18 of my fantasy play. Here I am frantically ser searching for uh, how how rostered the Minnesota defense is. <laughs> oh shoot, I'm in a league that doesn't play defenses, but that's, I'll, that's I'll actually... put that over. So I'll, I'll get that info by the end of the show when we do the defense. Yeah, that's uh, that's the most important thing in this contest is what the Vikings defense, who has everything to play for against Nathan Peterman, is going to look like. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm benching. I think that's actually a, I'm going to bench David Montgomery as well too. Situation like yeah. I, I, there's there's no hope for the Bears who clearly don't care about winning this contest. Not that they're going to win anyway, but you know whatever. All right, back mm -hmm. to the receivers. Rashid Shahid has been someone that we've been quietly mentioning over the past couple of weeks. Once again, I mean, six targets, 79 yards. He has been the most productive receiver for the Saints during the second half of the season. Chris Olave was excellent to start the year. I think hit that rookie wall a little bit. Defenses were uh, more engaged him. And now you have Rashid Shahid, who is an undrafted rookie, uh, really making um, a, a good push to be a critical member of the Saints offense next year. And I think a guy that you have to consider in the late rounds of drafts next year too. Yeah, absolutely. He's someone you should definitely be looking at in best balls. I know those are going to open up here. You know, you've got, you got the, the meaningful playoff ones, but I know the best balls are going to be opening up here. Um, you know, pretty soon once the NFL playoff gets going. So he's someone I gave away all my draft picks in dynasty league. So I got to rely on good picks like, pickups like him i think he'll be on my team for a while and someone that could possibly start uh yeah alden all six of his targets led the saints in receiving yards you cannot ignore that he is startable i would say in a bind uh, i would i don't love it i would much rather uh i'd feel a whole lot more comfortable going to Traylon burks i'd probably feel a little bit more comfortable with josh dotson or, or dotson here um even though he only had three uh catches uh with carson wentz but uh you know he, he, he's in the conversation he's in play yeah I, i'm right there with you on that one um I guess there's Tyquan Thornton as well, too, for the Patriots. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I've been down this road before, though. I, I just wanted to put him out there because I want to be comprehensive and I want to make sure that, uh, you know, everyone that's showing up on lists uh, is, uh, you know, at least acknowledged here. And he's a name I see come up a whole lot, but uh, I see it a little bit fluky. You would need Jacoby Myers to miss the game and he's downplaying his shoulder injury. Um, but Patriots you know, definitely something to play for, too. Exactly. So, yeah, so there's that. So there are a few factors working in Thornton's favor, but. Probably more working against them at this point. You had also wrote down Isaiah Hodge and Richie James, who we talked about when we broke yeah. into the receivers. That's an interesting case. You know, they're mm -hmm. going to rest their starters. They rest their starters, but they don't have any wide receivers. Yeah. You know, what do they got? Four or five receivers on IR? I mean, who plays? And, and these are, it's not like these are seasoned vets. You know, these are younger guys that could stand the reps. Yeah. And, and you want them to be as on top of their game as they have been over the past month or so mm -hmm. when both players. Yeah. Why really break the rhythm? Back. I kind of, I like that play. Also, you'd have Marcus Johnson and Kenny Galladay be your two top threats. If you yeah. had Isaiah Hodgins for James and Darius Slayton out, Kenny Galladay, I, I didn't even know he was on the team. I thought he kind of just did one of those uh, Derek cars and just left despite being paid 17 million this year. I don't know who the practice squad calls to be for the giants and imagine that will be the case at some point down the road. Um, yeah, no, I, I actually think Isaiah Hodge and Richie James, I would be still confident playing because I, I agree with you, you want to have that rhythm entering mm -hmm. the playoffs. And that, that's an important factor in this whole thing yeah. for those young guys. Yeah, yeah. So those guys are in the mix, if anything else. Again, you just got to follow the story, see what happens there. You know, Eagles 
have a good defense and they have everything to play for. So matchup isn't great there, but you know, the volume and, and the skill that we've seen from these guys in the production, you can't argue with there. The one name I wanted to bring up because I'm seeing him everywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is Kadarius Tony. Suddenly he's like a top five overall pickup on all these lists this week. I don't get it. I really, really don't get it. Um, he did. He did lead the chiefs with 71 receiving yards last week. Woo. Um, but he still had only four targets and a 32.8% snap share. Is he suddenly just going to overtake Juju Smith-Schuster and Valdez-Scantling and Travis Kelsey and Sky Moore? I mean, he's right around Sky Moore level of playing time, you know? Right. So, I mean, would it's you— It's the first it's round the name. the New York media. It's the name, yeah. It's, so it's it's a name thing. I, I, I don't get it. I'm not going there. No, no. He's a, mm-hmm. he's a great guy for the best ball formats and things like that. No, it's— yeah. Uh, if you can t- if you can team. trust him, I'm not even touching him in best no. ball next year because you can't trust him to stay on the field. Yeah, that, that's true. We've already spent close to 40 minutes discussing these waiver. Let's burn through the tight ends and yep. defenses. Before we do so, real quick word from our sponsors, Monkey Knife Fight. Football has been back all season long with Monkey Knife Fight. Leading the way on NFL action uh, that you're looking for, and if college football is more of a speed, they got plenty of that too. On Monkey Knife Fight, there's no sharks, no salary caps, and no math. It's just easy to play, easy to win. Daily fantasy player props. Join now at monkeyknifefight.com and get your first game free. Then use promo code RWNFL to get your first deposit matched instantly up to $100. What are you waiting for? Join Monkey Knife Fight today. Uh, we talked about Logan Thomas last week as a pickup. Six catches again. I don't know. I, I was shocked to see he's being paid $8 million this year. Um, once again, a reason why the commanders are just bad at this whole football thing. Uh, case in point, their quarterback quaffle with Carson Wentz, T- Taylor Heineke, and Sam Howell for this week. But Logan Thomas getting the workload. And then uh, Zilstra, the, the Lions tight end. Although they needed Brock White. Brock Wright scored two tight ends. Exactly. Whatever it is. Um, yeah, I'm not playing Lions tight end roulette against no. the Packers this week. I will go back to Albert O. Equebenum, <laughs> who saw 32 offensive snaps Sunday post Nathaniel Hackett. Shockingly, uh, 45 yards and a touchdown in what should have been his line all season long. Dulcich on injury reserve. They get the Chargers this week, who are not that great against tight ends. Uh, I like mm-hmm. the Albert O play as the vindication for my push yeah. in week one. Yeah, he needs it. I mean, what if Albert O just comes out and, you know, completely balls out like again and, um, you know, gets a couple of touchdowns? He's going to really make that coaching staff look terrible for whatever rift that they got into that led to him being a healthy scratch this year. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the profile definitely seems to fit with him. Um, the other guy I'm looking at this week is uh, Colby Parkinson from Seattle. Mm. He actually had a higher snap share than Noah Fant, which was at 80.3% compared to 63.4% for Fant. And he had a team I seven targets compared to three for Fant. So, and then you also have Tyler Lockett who left uh, and then came back with, you know, he had the hand injury going into the week. Then there was a leg injury, upper body, lower body. It's like we're hockey players now, Uh, but who knows what's going to happen with Tyler Lockett and if he'll be available. And then of course, uh, remember that Marquise Goodwin is on IR. So um, there's some seemingly some touchdown upside for a guy like Parkinson. Um, And if anything, this shows that you can't, I mean, it's not like people were trusting Noah Fant significantly anyway, but you definitely can't roll him out here after uh, this type of distribution with Colby Parkinson. And then there's the rookie second round pick, Trey McBride, who possibly won people leagues if you were able to catch that one, uh, lightning the bottle, the 10 catches, 78 yards, and a touchdown in the loss to the Falcons on Sunday. I don't know. I, I Trey McBride was talented. Uh, the fact that he fell to pick 55 in the second round was I think a lot or not mm-hmm. somewhat surprising to folks now going to the Cardinals was a different problem. I would have anticipated with Zach Ertz on injured reserve. You told me at the beginning of the year, there was going to be more of a factor for McBride, but we know rookie tight ends kind of mm-hmm. come on a little bit slower. Yep. This might be the emergence of the Trey McBride that we anticipate entering the season. Yeah. I mean, when you go out there and get 10 targets, that's absolutely notable. You hauled in yep. seven of them for 78 and a touchdown. It still feels like a little bit you're chasing last week's production in a, mm-hmm. in a, in a decent matchup. Sure. Because he's got the 49ers this week. Who knows who their quarterback is, who, if it's going to be, uh, you know, McCoy coming back or, you know, if they're going to deal with Blowy or McSorley or one of those guys. So, uh, and also, like, so his last three weeks or the last three weeks leading up to this, six, five, and four targets against a defense that's 19th against tight ends, 26th, 25th, and 29th. And now you have the 49ers that's seven. So, um, do I like Trey McBride's long-term outlook? Absolutely. Am I chasing him this week? Not so much. That's why I just kind of put him as a footnote in the outline. Oh, that's fair enough. Um, you had mentioned the Vikings defense as a possible pickup with Nathan Peterman starting for the Bears uh, post-Justin Fields out yep. with a hip injury. Go there get are... them. They're only 34% rostered. Yeah, that's the, yeah, the, that's the number one pickup. Layup. You know, I put some I put some names on here. but uh... <laughs> Number one pickup overall, right? Like over any other position? I'm <laughs> yes. going that If you have anything sure. to play for this week, you Let's pick up Vikings the Vikings defense, defense uh, and you're getting pick sixes. You know, pick six city, at least one. 
right? I wonder. There's got to be sports books that put odds out on that, and uh, yeah, I'd go after the Vikings for uh, sure. If Number you, one, if you don't pick at the Vikings, there are obviously two teams possibly playing at this point, and one can't. I mean, one physically can't get the Vikings. What's the other defense that you want to go ahead and? Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I guess the Jags at forty five percent. They're actually the twelfth ranked fantasy defense. And they face Josh Dobbs, and you know they're playing. You know they're out there playing. Right. You know because their postseason's right. on the line, and it's Saturday night, and you just don't have to worry about it afterwards. So the Jags are definitely uh, one that's in there. You might also think about the Seahawks because they're technically fighting for a playoff spot. They basically need um, uh, they need to win, and then they need the Lions to win, I think, or, or vice versa. I, I forget exactly this is scenario, but you know they're fighting for a playoff spot. They're only twenty eight percent rostered. They're playing Baker Mayfield. So, uh, you know, those are some of the names that you're, that you're looking at. I mean, you could make a case for the Steelers. Um, I'm less, even though the Chargers got Bosa back, I'm less likely to, to run that. They're, they're on the road. And, uh, you know, maybe Russell Cook in Week 18, you know, in the post-Nathaniel post Hackett era. And then, I mean, the Colts have shown zero sign of life, right? But I don't think I could bring myself to actually pick up the Texans' defense this week. So uh, Vikings number one, Jags number two. Seahawks number three. Okay. All right. That's, I, I like that quite a bit. Um, let's talk about the awards. Um, we always do this. I mean, we've been doing the show now what, four years, mm-hmm. three years, Jake, and we try to do a, an award show celebrating the best waiver wire pickups. Yeah. I forgot to wear my tux today. Oh, Dang it. I didn't even yeah. think about that. Uh, I don't have one. So that's, that's good that you didn't mm-hmm. show me up even more than you already do, Jake, when you're handsome hat and everything else like that yeah. so oh, exactly I, know. Uh, I, got the, I got i got a real vibe going yeah on. i was gonna say there there really hasn't been as many top waiver wear plays mm-hmm. this year as have been in past years now don't get me wrong i appreciate um that the justin jacksons of the world and the amon ross st browns from last year who literally mm-hmm. won people entire leagues that yeah. wasn't a factor and yeah I, there weren't about that. there weren't pickups like that no. it was an interesting show if we reflect back on the season because most of our guys were short term because then, you know, mm-hmm. the next, it's not like, uh, you know, when any of these big quarterbacks got hurt, there were, you know, emerging guys. I guess, um, you know, if I had to give a, a name that actually I didn't even write down that just popped up on my head, um, Justin Fields, because he yeah. saved some fantasy seasons. Well, and, and you know, Christian Watson to that same extent, too. The, what I was mm-hmm. going to remark on is that uh, there, there may be the, the Jamal Williams in week yep. one, but mm-hmm. Cordell Patterson, you think back to last year, was a key factor in a lot of people. And of course, he kind of failed on the stretch, but that was a, a waiver wire pickup everywhere mm-hmm. that impacted things. I think you you have the most impact that guys were dropped and then picked up early, uh, like later on, like Christian Watson, exactly. Fields as well, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had drafted Fields in a 14 teamer that I had Kyler Murray in. And after like seeing two weeks of Justin Fields, I had seen enough. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I cut him. And, you know, and I'm sure that the, uh, the person that picked him up made him well, made it well in the playoffs. So he's well, definitely not really. I mean, he only had 17 points last week. Yeah, and the week before wasn't yeah. all. And of course, great. he's not playing this week. Yeah, and he did miss some time. So, so that's interesting. So you know, you could give the award to him if we're looking at quarterbacks. Um, I think if you look at the entirety of the season from front to back, I really do think the award needs to go to Geno Smith mm. um, because he ended up being you know one of the top quarterbacks in. in definitely a QB one, you know, to finish the year. I'm going to, of course I should have checked this, but I'm going to, I'm going to double check this now just by fantasy points here, uh, heading in, in this week. But, uh, Geno Smith was someone who nobody thought to draft. Everybody thought the Seahawks would win a couple games at best. Here they are fighting for the playoffs here. Three, four, five, six. And Geno Smith comes out and he finishes as QB number six. In total fantasy points scored this week. That's no joke. You can even in two quarterback leagues, like, you know, my 10 team, two quarterback league. I don't think Geno Smith was even drafted still, you know, so that's how little respect he was getting. And then he comes out here and ends up QB six. So he definitely gets an award. If I'm going to do honorable mentions, I look at both Jared Goff and, and Brock Purdy just because of the playoff performance here, right? Goff is red hot during the playoffs as, and Purdy was more than serviceable enough here. So Geno Smith gets the Dundee, gets the Oscar, whatever we want to call it. Um, we got to make up our own name uh, with Purdy and Goff as on, honorable mentions. So you had mentioned those guys at like quarterback. I think the overall uh, award winner might be Jarek McKinnon, who is Absolutely. this year's Justin Jackson or Amon Ross St. Brown, literally winning you leagues uh, just by his playoff performance alone. Although he was a factor really in week 8, 9, 10 onward. Mm-hmm. And whereas you might have been contemplating playing Geno Smith or somebody else, 
when Jarek McKinnon really became Jarek McKinnon of this season, you were playing him as a running back too the rest of the year. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't, I don't think, spend enough time on him as a waiver wire pickup. So I, I'm uh, loath to really say, yeah, you know, celebration of yeah. Jarek McKinnon is your uh, waiver wire pickup. But that I, that is the overall mm-hmm. winner, I think, in my opinion, given what he did for fantasy playoff manager. Yeah, absolutely, no doubt about it for me. And and you know, he was somebody that was freely floating around and uh, carried teams throughout the playoffs. I mean, I was in the playoffs in six of seven leagues, and I ran into Jarek McKinnon everywhere, and it was painful. Every single chance I got was Jarek McKinnon. But you know what? There's a reason those teams were in the playoffs, and it's because McKinnon got them there. So, uh, you know, congrats to him. Just a pass-catching prowess here. Um, We know we never... Scoring touchdowns. Yes, yeah. We never really predicted Edwards Hilaire would fall off the way that he did. Um, And and if he did, you know, I guess the conventional way of thinking was that it would go to Isaiah Pacheco. And Pacheco, sure enough, got starts. Mm-hmm. He got the bulk of the carries in a lot of these games here. But Jarek McKinnon was the guy and had a career resurgence here. So he gets the trophy for that. Uh, you mentioned Jamal Williams. He's an honorable mention. He was very much on the fringe of being drafted. I, I don't know if we way. can I don't know if we can call him a waiver wire pickup there. So that's interesting. And then um Well, I'll give I'll give you two. And and yeah. this is this is a victory lap for you, Jake, because I have been pushing this off for as long as I did. And I, I'm around I've come around to say I think this is one of the top waiver wire guys. Like, true waiver wire guys donovan peoples jones was a dynamic wide receiver three Mm -hmm. or flex for a lot of people i know kind of tailed off at the end but if you played donovan peoples jones for the majority of the weeks of the season Mm -hmm. you got positive production out of a guy that i never would have recommended for most of the most of the time yeah yeah absolutely i mean he helped out he didn't quite surge as well as i thought he would with watson back but he's he scored touchdowns in what two of the last three weeks just mm-hmm. to to get him enough, you know, to make him to make him flexible, <laughs> you know, and uh, and and there's definitely value in that, absolutely. Um, I don't know. I have a little bit of a tough time handing him the trophy for wide receivers, though, because there are so many other names that are out there. Yeah, but the Garrett Wilsons of the world, those guys were all drafted in the same vein as Jamal Williams. Mm-hmm. Like if we're talking true Garrett, Garrett Wilson was drafted, we're going to say absolutely. I guess yeah. I guess absolutely. he was drafted and then dropped by a lot of people. So maybe that's what I was thinking because there was a point where. Wilson was within our threshold here. So um, I think you give it to Christian Watson or you give it to Donovan Peoples-Jones. And I don't think it's a debate, truly, because it, it, Christian Watson was dra- dropped yeah. everywhere, and rightfully so. Yeah. But Peoples-Jones was a guy that was not drafted very mm-hmm. frequently or deeper leagues yeah. from the get-go. I'll throw, to yeah, I'll throw one more receiver out there, um, which I, I had a tough time believing this at first, but Zay Jones finished as wide receiver 22. Yeah. And I also Which feel is, like he was drafted at the same vein. Kind Zay of, Jones wasn't drafted, man. I, there people were drafting Kirk at best. Then. The way you were drafting Michael Hardman, people were drafting Zay Jones. I don't they think they just were was, drafting they Zay wanted Jones. the Jaguars stack as opposed <laughs> anyway. to the Chiefs stack. All right. Um but yeah, all right. Watson or, or Peoples Jones for the uh receivers. I'm gonna give it uh, Watson literally saved one of my seasons yeah. and helped me make the playoffs. Of course, things didn't go as well. The team that I had Jarek McKinnon and Christian Watson picked up on, yeah. you know, I can lament here for a second. Um, I was also my Ezekiel Elliott, Jonathan Taylor team. And I it, just in the most, in the, in the first round of the playoffs, it was starting Jonathan Taylor over McKinnon because why wouldn't I? And it was McKinnon going off for 25 and Taylor not basically taking a zero. And I had such a stacked team in that league. If I, you know, I had just trusted going with McKinnon, but, uh, but yeah, that was pain. But um, anyway, anyway, moving on. At here. least the tight ends, I do feel like that's a very obvious one. And that's Evan Ingram, who wow. also won people of fantasy leagues. Mm-hmm. And I know maybe you're considering fringe drafting him. We, we, like, there's a point. Like Jamal Williams, like a people thought. Yeah, Evan Ingram was literally oh, yeah. took a tight end here. I have no mm-hmm. idea. And and he would have been dropped just about everywhere yeah. at some point during the season. Yeah, people pretty much wrote him off because you know change of scenery and you know always injured too. You know he's always kind of had that reputation, but he really seems to have a found a home with a great role in Jacksonville. I love the way they use him on tight end screens. I mean, he finishes tight end five. He's going to be. He'll be overdrafted next year, I'm sure. You know, right? Um, <laughs> yes, he will. He'll be overdrafted, no doubt about Trevor that. Trevor Lawrence is emerging. You got to get exactly, yeah. Get in on the ground floor here. Not exactly, but um, but as far as this year reaching back, I mean, I had picked him up in stake league just to as a uh, well, I don't know how Hawkinson's doing after this trade. Obviously, he came around here, but I had just like just to have utility on the roster here, and I ended, I ended up keeping him all the way to the end and. He's suddenly almost flexible, which you don't have from a tight end. So, so let's let recap it real quick from top to bottom. Geno Smith at quarterback, Jarek McKinnon at running back, tie between Watson and Peoples Jones at receiver, Evan Ingram at tight end, and then I put the Jets down for the defense. Sure, their defense eight. 
Their defense ate, yeah. and they made big plays. They had, I mean, the, the their run of success that put them into playoff contention um, was because of the defense. It was very rarely because of anything that the offense did. So, no, I, I completely agree. With you. you want to do the over unders on uh, real quick, so we could yeah, we could recap like, this. What were my, uh, let's just do the best bets. Keep it kind of quick. Oh, oh, okay, all right. Well, that's not as good because mm-hmm. I didn't do as good in the best bets. Oh, did you actually tally up the results? I was going to as we were talking, but we can we can just we can just do the best bets overall. So I had talked about the Browns under, uh, and you can just rehash these, Jake. They had eight and a half was the overall win. To, I had taken the Browns under that hit, of course. The Titans under, which I'm at nine. We're gonna see right because they're they're seven and eight right now. Sorry, yep, that's or, still out there. Yeah, yeah. So that we could still have the Titans under hit as well too. The Bears under that was a lock from about week three onward, mm-hmm. uh, and then the Cardinals under. So I guess actually, you know what? I'm glad we brought up the best bets because <laughs> everyone of mine hit. Uh, Cardinals were also miserably bad as well too. Jake, mm-hmm. you had the Bucks under. That couldn't have been any more of a layup. They had an eleven and a half. Yep, easy, easy. That was call. that was yep. well won. Uh, you know, nine and eight is their best case scenario this week. Eleven and a half. Now you know. <laughs> If you if you predict Brady's downfall every year, eventually you're going to be right. You might have to wait until he's fifty. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I didn't believe in them this year, and I, it's not that I didn't believe in them. They still could be dangerous going into the playoffs. But that number at eleven and a half is just too damn high for me. Um, uh, certainly. So the Ravens, unfortunately, have passed their over. They have ten wins right now. Yeah, week eighteen still come. You mm-hmm. also were in on the. Bears I had the Ravens under. over, so that that's a win. Also in on the Bears. Oh, under. you had the Ravens. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I had the Ravens over. over. Yeah, so that's, yeah. A, that's a win for you as well. So too. yeah, they've passed Bears that. It was under. nine and a half for the Ravens. The, the Bears only under one six is going to be the Dolphins, who sit at eight and eight right now. Of course, will be mm-hmm. down to Skylar Thompson yep. or uh, anybody else at quarterback. I think you might have. I think we might have went literally perfect <laughs> we on both best of our best. best. That's actually kind of impressive. Mm-hmm. Let's not talk about the over unders on anybody else, but the, we had yeah, the best exactly. Bets. I mean, I'm, I'm looking through here and I can see a whole a whole lot of other bad picks, but the best bets. We want a combined eight and no man. I I like that. I, I don't think that many teams. Uh, that many team or that many that many shows out there could say that 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 do this type of over yeah. Ig- thing. Ignore my uh, big parlay that I had: the Packers, Bucks, Eagles, 49ers, Rams, and Bills to all make the playoffs at plus three seventy six. You know that would have been a joke uh, four weeks ago with the Bucks mm-hmm. floundering, the Packers certainly floundering, and the Rams already out of it. That might have actually mm-hmm. been saved if you uh, did we, not put the Rams yeah. in that one. I had also mentioned the Seahawks and Bears as the worst record for plus seven fifty. Yeah, yeah, and and the so Seahawks, Seahawks didn't work out, but the <laughs> no. Bears are going to have the worst record, right? No, the Texans are still the Texans. So, oh, Texans, the, the are Texans are still the Texans. The Texans ah, maybe the, they show up this week. The Texans were the the betting favorite, so uh, mm-hmm. that was that was going to be one of that was tough to miss. You were actually really good on a lot of these. Um, what did we have here? You, you had the props. You had Tom Eight. Brady under forty seven hundred passing yards. I think he's going to easily be under that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then David Montgomery, of course, getting injured under 900 rushing yards would be nice too. Cam Akers, who looked like he was going to be uh, in position to just get dropped at some point by the Rams. You had mentioned his under eight and a half rushing touchdowns. I think he's going to get close to that, yeah. which is incredible that, to say. Which is, I would have never guessed that three weeks so ago. So he has seven rushing touchdowns despite playing uh, in few opportunities. Yeah. So I mm-hmm. guess that one is still within the realm. My Michael Pittman over was a bust. It has to be a bust. Right. Yeah, and Elijah Moore also probably a bust as yeah, well too. Well. Uh, but you didn't anticipate the Colts literally quitting on the team or the coach mm-hmm. and Elijah Moore uh, getting stuck yep. with not QB one uh, yep. Zach Wilson as well too. But Patriots missing playoffs at minus one ninety eight. Um, could yeah, that still was, happen. That right? was a me call, and I was not going to point that out because minus two hundred is not great. I thought for sure they uh, weren't going to. They will probably get in. I mean, frankly, they they are mm-hmm. poised to get in. Titans but, missing playoffs minus one ten. I would imagine that that goes through, even though they're st- technically alive. Yeah, Bears, Titans, Patriots at plus three hundred was a call, and I said sub in Giants or Commanders. Hopefully, you sub into the Commanders, uh, <laughs> not the Giants. That would have been. But actually, you know what? I like that we uh, point out the over. I will also tally up our total over under. I want it on record because we had a, we had. Yeah. Very successful last year. It's fun for me to look at that stuff, uh, and I, I want that yeah. at some point. But I'll, when I'll they're, do it. When they're making us do shows in July and there's no waiver wire to talk about, <laughs> this originally started as something that we just kind of had a stretch to do. And um, now it's like my f- favorite part of, this, of the week 18. <laughs> and now it's just like, yes, yeah, so yeah, make sure we get that in. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's starting to pretty useful. I never, I never really thought I had a knack for that, but after the last couple of years, We've both been pretty successful. We have the Vegas trip every year. We might have to kind of uh, pounce on that, you know, put our collective minds together and really figure it out as a unit. We'll be back at Circa in July. That place is awesome. Yeah, that was great. Um, 
I, I, you know, we are nearing the end of the hour. This will be our final podcast of the year. Jake, it's been a privilege to do mm-hmm. the show with you uh, for as many years as we have, but uh, really been a privilege to do it with our audience that has been exactly. uh, a factor. I imagine there are a lot of people out there right now that mm-hmm. are dealing with what to do with week 17 playoffs. And, and I, I don't know if I have the answer. I'm a commission, a couple of leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a, a fantasy factor in a few more of them. Mm-hmm. And I'll say that to me, it yeah. doesn't matter. Uh, you know, I've, I, in a few of the leagues, I've already said it doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, you can split the prize pool, however else it is. I recognize people might not want to do that too. And that's, mm-hmm. that's fine. You want, I, I, I got an interesting one. I, I, I don't want to claim that I figured it out, but I think I got the best way to do this. Okay. Um, I, a 50 50 split when one team, especially, I mean, unless one team's like way, way going to lock it up, you know, the two options that people are thinking are a 50 50 split or just call it with those stats and say tough. Uh, for, well, I mean, first and foremost, you wait out to see if the game is played, right? Yeah. So, but, but there's a balance between just calling it as is and chopping the pot entirely. And, um, you know, and I, tr- and what I did, uh, is I took the Yahoo projection percentage to divide what was up for grabs so it's just, just made up numbers one person first place wins 200 second place wins 100 mm-hmm. um the person with a 68 percent chance of win winning at the game closes oh, so so both both guys are going to win 100 right yeah, yeah so there's 100 up for grabs mm-hmm. so the person with a 68 percent chance to win according to the projections because i mean we all know projections hit or miss right yeah uh the person with the 68 percent chance so, so then there's that last 100 that's up for grabs mm-hmm. The person with the 68% chance to win gets 168 and the other person gets 132. That's, that's there's no, I, I feel like there, there's no win or perfect scenario here, but I feel like that's a scenario that's in between doing the 50, 50 chop and calling it as is. Cause the, those two sides, those other two sides are too far on one end of the spectrum for me. The percent chance compromise works. And the, you know, if someone was 80%, chance then you just you just give them 80 percent of what's what's up for grabs so the the second place person is still getting more than they would have if they would have just called it mm-hmm. um but they, but, but they're not but the first place guy that is 80 percent isn't getting screwed by just chopping yeah, it i like that. so anyway you know again it feels weird to talk about all of this here and uh you know i i, I scrounged reddit actually looking for a consensus answer because the fantasy football subreddit you know they they weren't hesitant to talk about this because you know That's there's fine. more anonymous and an, an, I can't even say that word. Uh, you know you're anonymous on Reddit, right? You, you know where Twitter you know is going to jump and cancel you if you say anything. So um, but but it's anonymous, so they're more open to it. I didn't find that solution anywhere, so I'm going to coin that solution. Like that's that. what I did. That's what I did in my leagues. And uh, if people are looking, you know, for answers here, if they're looking for us, it's not like we're the uh, end all be all here. But I think that that is. Uh, a very, very reasonable thing that you can do for your league. And guys, take it easy on your commissioners out there. Nobody likes being commissioner. It's a thankless job. Nobody likes having to make this decision in particular. So whatever happens, be a good sport. Um, I, you know, it's, it's tough. Like I said, I'm a commissioner in a few leagues and I'm participating in a few that uh, were impacted Mm -hmm. by those. The, the, the worst answer in a tough spot was, leave it as is. I thought that was, there's way too many other conclusions mm-hmm. that we can come to than the laziest one, which in my mind was just leave it as is. So I agree. Mm-hmm. I, I like anything that you could do to me. I, the projected totals for what the players are supposed to have uh, work just fine. I thought also taking the week 18 totals for both the bills and Bengals, given that they will have yeah. stakes in line. That's okay too. I, I don't know why uh, people are so just trying to avoid mm-hmm. that conclusion. I, I didn't like the taking the week 18 totals for just a couple players or the other idea I saw was, why don't you just make it a week 17 and 18 matchup? Yeah, no, the whole I, don't. Team. I didn't really care for those ideas because logistically they're messy and also they're pretty fluky. And then I saw their ideas thrown out there. Like uh, you can make uh, a bench swap for any of those players, but I, I throw that out too, because people construct their benches very, very right. differently here. And you know, there's that no, would have, that and the person who lucked into seeing that coming is going to have the unfair advantage here. So go with the projection, split the pot that way. That's and, the way to go. And, and just listen to your league, listen to the yeah. members. Like you mentioned, it's tough to be commissioned. I, I, I hope people are understanding mm-hmm. of that, but the best way to do this is it's, it's an unprecedented situation. Let's, let's work together as a team um, as best you can. Again, you know, all this is secondary to yeah. what happened on Monday night and our, our thoughts and prayers mm-hmm. with Tamar Hamlin, his family, the Bills, the Bengals, who both, you know, the players had to deal with as much of that as us as the audience did. And yeah. uh, we hope that there are 
positive news and positive conclusions mm -hmm. as Absolutely. we continue on throughout. Well, that does it for us on the Tuesday edition on Wednesday of the RotoWire NFL podcast brought to you by No House Advantage. We are done. We will be back again probably sometime in July. Uh, thank you, everyone who mm -hmm. listened, who was with us throughout uh beginning of those podcasts until yeah. now. And uh, a record-setting listener participation yes, this year. We yes, got more questions, yes. and, uh, you know, that makes the show, really. You know, when we get mm -hmm. we get feedback from you guys out there that are watching and uh, can react and, and, and you know, and, and, and have our discussions based on that. So we really appreciate anybody that's liked, subscribed, any platform, supported us in the live versions on Facebook or Twitter uh, or YouTube, uh, anywhere across the board. Uh, any little bit helps, and uh, we're happy to have you with us. Yeah, exactly. Um, the real heroes, of course, Monday night were the, the medical staff that – uh, we're on top of things as well as you could. And it's funny, you know, we had talked about the podcast and doing this in years past, and it would have been the medical staff out there for COVID and everything else. So mm -hmm. uh, everyone that has participated in some fashion or form, uh, you guys are real heroes and have been for you know, forever, but certainly in the past three or four years. And we thank you for what you've been doing. So that does it for us signing off for the final time in year 2023. At least we'll start up again in July. Uh, again, brought to you by Noah Savage. This is the RotoWire NFL podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.